Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Unfiltered Friends and I'm really excited to share this story today because very rarely do you get to talk to someone who's willing to talk who is so close to national news. This was one of the most heartbreaking incidents especially for the LGBT community but the world at large was the mass shooting at Pulse nightclub. When it happened, I was in Chicago and I got contacted. I was looking for to talk to people who were there if they needed to talk like I was willing to be there for them. I remember sitting in the middle of Boys Town in Chicago and just sitting and talking to people. And it was amazing watching kind of everyone come together and support each other and love on each other. And I talked to Shay that night. Shay was still in shock over the situation, but I'm glad that he uh, came out unscathed, at least physically, for the most part. Um, and then it turned out that he moved to Denver. So I was really excited to actually be able to sit down and have a lengthy conversation with him about it. Uh, before we get into the full episode, don't forget that if you ever want to talk to any of these guests live, tune in twitch.tv slash sup daily. Um, you'll be able to ask them questions and that's something that is exclusive to that. And then of course, my sponsors, my Patreon. Thank you guys so much. And the, and the people I'd like to shout out are uh, Terry Nosworthy, Charles Snipes, Lena, Jonathan McLean, Carla, Raymond Diaz-Aragon, James Olson, Luke, Eric, Jonathan Masongsong, Paul, Frida, Gregory Toner, Don O'Cole, Tracy Chu, Matilda Melvin. Amazing human beings that help this independently funded podcast go. One of the reasons I started to really focus on Patreon is because a lot of the platforms are scared of these conversations. So if you want to help make these conversations a reality, patreon.com slash unfiltered friends. And without further ado, let's talk to Shay. Welcome to the Unfiltered Friends Podcast. Before we introduce you to our next friend, I want you to take a moment to think about everything that led you to where you are right now. Do you see how strong you are? Do you see how great your story is? I hope you do, and I hope you learn great lessons and get inspired by our next friend's story on the Unfiltered Friends Podcast. Welcome to the Unfiltered Friends Podcast, where we listen to amazing stories and hopefully watch someone inspire themselves with their own story. And today I have on my friend Shay. I talked to Shay actually maybe a day or two after the Pulse nightclub shooting happened, which was about three years ago, uh, and a, a really heartbreaking time. And Shay was actually in Pulse nightclub when the shooting happened and I'm grateful that he was willing to sit down and tell me his experience. So without further ado, here's Shay. Say hello. Hi. How's everybody doing? <laughs> so <laughs> tell me sure. tell me just tell me a little bit about you before we get into the sh the shooting part of it cuz that, that's not 100% fun. Is your phone going off? I don't know. It is. You can put it down there. I'm sorry. It's my yeah, friends. You you fail. <sighs> so tell, I'm so just tell sorry. people a little bit about just who you are as a person. Uh, I mean, 
I'm just, I just exist. Like, I don't, I, don't I think, think we all just exist. <laughs> yeah, I just. But, like, where are you from? What are you into? Like. Okay. I feel like I'm on Tinder. Do you um, want, do you want to be on Tinder? I right? do not want to be on Tinder, even though I am. So, where are you from? Um, I'm from Texas. I'm from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I kind of grew up there. Um, I was raised between there and as a child, I grew up in Ohio and all that stuff. I've just, I've been all over the place. Why are you like, moving uh, so much? Because I don't know what I want in life. But that's like, I'm that's, trying to figure it out. Everybody is. That's so fair though. Like, but I feel like I need to see everything before I get to that point to where it's time to, you know, like lock down and, and be responsible and be an adult and and i mean i'm getting there you know um don't ever be an adult it's a trap you could you growing old is 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 gonna happen growing up is optional and i do not recommend growing up at all okay and you're never going to see everything in the world i know i'm not but as much as i can see between now and then that would be that would be great, but I'm actually like in that stage to where it's like, okay, let's find let's find something to do and and stick to it, you know. Which is why, you know, I'm great. I got into the career field that I'm in now, you know, because I know that's what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life, you know. So, like, that's one thing, you know. It's just um, like moving on to the next and just, you know, mm-hmm. just steps, just baby steps. See, I think too often we think of like finding our one thing and sticking in the same place as like that's like end of like I think you can I mean when you say stick to one thing are you talking about a career are you talking about a person like what specifically yeah, are all you of that about? like career first and then a person and then persons you know like I want what persons yeah, like I wanna, I wanna do the kid thing one day, you know. Oh, and, I thought you were talking and stuff about like that, being like, polyamorous. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, okay. You no, know, no, no, definitely. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> definitely not, you know. But finding a career that you're interested in and yeah. and what you finally want to do, I think that's the first step to everything because that's where you get your stability at. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, and then after that, everything else can come. After that, I but think, I just don't. I feel like too often we think we have to like stop everything if we find something. That we that we want to do, maybe you never settle and you just explore. You know, there's people out there that like want. I had a girl. She's on my wall over here, actually. She's been living the last three years of her life in an airstream, and like traveling everywhere and meeting new people all the time. And most people are like, I don't know if I could do that, but she's doing the damn thing. And I think it's I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think I think too often we think of settling down, but really it's just finding your tribe. You don't have to settle. Just find something that makes you happy. Yeah, I want to settle. You know, I think that'll make, <laughs> I think that'll make me happy. You know, like I, I think at a certain point, just my opinion, at a certain point, you just get to, you know, that time where you're like, okay, you know, I need to get some kind of stability. You know, so, so I'm like working on it. When you get to around your age, like 23, 24. Yes, exactly. Um, that's about the time when you yeah. start thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I was so close. I was, I was actually engaged up to like a couple months ago, and then I ruined it. So whoa, whoa wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I didn't know about any of this. You were engaged. I was engaged. Now, how did you mess it up? Uh, long story short, um, I'm very. 
I get very insecure about a lot of things. And sometimes when something's good and somebody's telling you that it's one thing, you know, you just completely fly off the handle. And in other words, he was telling the truth about something and I just wouldn't let it go. And it was something actually really big. And can you just tell us what it is? <laughs> Because yeah, the all this the, all this like ambiguity, we gotta know <laughs> what the deal is. Like, what did what 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 happened? Um, basically, um, he worked in a certain career field, and um, are we talking about sex work? No. Okay. Okay. No, he it's worked. A fair in, question, though. No. Yes, it is a fair question. You know, like it, it's a fair question. Yeah. Um, he worked in a certain career field, and. He actually What's the career field. Why is this a secret? <laughs> because I this this person I I just you know I I want to protect. Okay, fair. That per- so I, I had to press you. You know I had. To yes, press you. I I understand. <laughs> he worked in a certain career field, and he actually came home to surprise me on Christmas because he knew I was going to be at the same place. And he forgot to block me from his Facebook when he was letting people know that he was in town. And um, I saw it and I completely thought that he was being sneaky and I completely flipped the fuck out on him. And it was just a whole bad thing. And come to find out, I went to go eat with a friend that actually knew him and they confirmed that I just flipped out like over nothing so like i tried to apologize and you know just the way he was moving in his life like he just felt like he didn't want the the extra stress and, and well, I understood. I'm, I'm confused though so like he came into town where you live well he was he was going into town the same place i was going to be at that time and he knew that i was going to be there and so why were you why were you concerned about him blocking you like I, to me it's like, because he was telling everybody else that he was going to be there but he didn't want me to know why that's the thing that's the thing like it to me that doesn't sound like you're freaking out over nothing it sounds like you are at this point engaged correct yes to someone who's going to be in the same place as you but doesn't want you to know i think that's pretty valid in my opinion that's pretty valid that's someone showing how much they care about seeing you yeah, I mean, at the same time, like it was supposed to be a surprise. Like I, like oh, I wait, get it. It was a surprise for you. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you fucked up. Yeah, it was but, a surprise like, it's for me. Understandable because you don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. You know, but it's just it, after that, it just completely just ruined everything, and you know, and I, I still take responsibility for that because I, mean, I kind of messed it up. So no, I, I feel but, that, but from my perspective. If that is the thing that makes the House of Cards fall, then it wasn't meant to last anyway. Like, that's a situation that you yeah. can talk through. Unless yeah. you did something real fucked up in reaction, which maybe is the case. I maybe I maybe could have. Th- what is that? What does the sign say? <laughs> what does this sign say? Unfiltered. Oh, I maybe could have threatened to pull up on him and beat him up, but mm. Mm. so what are we gonna do to not act like that again? Be nice. Just be nice. <laughs> I think controlling the like this couldn't have been the first time that you guys had an issue. Uh no, no. There so. was a there was I mean there's there there was other things you know but it could have been I felt like it could have been worked through but at the end of the day. 
you know, like he didn't, he didn't feel like it was, and that's completely understandable. So, yeah. you know, many, many blessings to him. But yeah. Um, okay. So that, that ends. And then at what point do you end up living in Orlando? So I was working on it. I was singing on a cruise ship. And, um, you were a singer? Yeah, I was singing on a cruise Ooh. ship. And, what are your karaoke and, jams? Um, if you're trying to show off. Uh, show off hype, not show off chill. You know the difference. Uh, I love like Georgia on my mind by Ray Charles. Like I love like, mm. you know, very jazzy, mm. you know, things and stuff like that. Um, but I was, you know, doing room service and singing on the ship and, you know, I just, I just got to a point to where I was tired of doing it. And some friends were like, Hey, you know, come, come stay with us in Orlando. And I was like, Hey, I don't have a home. You know, I live mm-hmm. on a ship. So yeah, what let's, was that? Was let's it, go. Was it? Did you? I always wonder what it would be like to live because I've because I sing too. So I've had job offers to go sing on a ship, and for some reason, the idea of being confined to a ship for extended periods of time did not turn me on. But did, did you enjoy your time there? Working on a ship was a lot of work. You know, like we we did like all the Hawaiian islands and stuff like that. So. Um, it was a lot of fun, you know, uh, but you were just tired. You work seven days a week, like, you know, 12, 13 hour shifts, you know, and it's it, it's tiring. It's exhausting, you know, so I can't speak for everyone else. But in terms of me, you know, I just I, I just never wanted to enjoy myself because I was so tired all the time, you know, so I really didn't get, you know, the full experience of of doing it all. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, the grand scheme of things, like I, I'm grateful for the experience I met a slew of great friends from all over the world on there um but it just after like about like two years i was it just it was just a lot it was yeah. it was too much are you gonna are you gonna sing for us a little bit maybe later what do you know. mean maybe later no time like the present my friend oh i hate singing uh, so, <laughs> so sing a little bit of georgia on my mind oh god okay um God, I'm so I'm really shy, y'all. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> I'm so shy. The preparation. Okay. Other arms reach out to me. Other eyes smile tenderly. Still in peaceful dreams, I see the road leads back to you. Georgia, Georgia, no peace I find. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Wow, that was amazing. He was like, excuse me, I'm shy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, fool? I see you, okay? Because if you were actually shy, you wouldn't have sang. You were like, I'm shy. I'm powering through it. Mm -hmm. With a few things. (laughs) So you moved to to Orlando. Mm -hmm. And... um, do you move in with like? Did, was it people from the ship, or was it just people you knew in Orlando? No, there were friends that I actually worked with in Texas. I was doing entertainment at a theme park like a few years beforehand, mm-hmm. and um, I had some very good friends from there that actually 
relocated to Orlando um, prior, and they just they just wanted me to come stay over there, you know. So being the adventurous person I am, I said, why not? You know, let's just let's just go see what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, I picked up my stuff and I and I headed over. Okay, is my mic low or high? I'm so confused, guys. Help me out here. People are saying it's gaining up, which to me is too high, and now it's too low. What, what, okay, is this better? Does this sound better? Hold on, you talking to your mic. Hello? Yeah, so this seems like it's hitting. Means more gain. Up more? Okay. Oh, what's going on? It's fine on you. Okay, how does this sound? Mic check. One, two, one, two. Is this better? Did you just say, there she goes, bitch? <laughs> I didn't have... So, the mixer over there has all these different EQ dials, and I'm not used to using the second set because I don't have people on podcasts that much. Um, so, now I have it the same as that microphone, which is the settings okay, that sweet. I use for a stream. Okay. But luckily, while you were showing off, <laughs> uh, you got you got the good mic. Not used to having the second set because I don't have friends. You know what? Fuck y'all. <laughs> um, okay. So you let's just let's start over with that question again. So when you when you went to when you were going to Orlando, it was the people you knew on the ship, or was it just people you knew in Orlando? It was just it was just people I knew from Texas that moved to Orlando. Mm. So they were friends of mine for for years, you know. Mm. So I felt, you know, okay, you know, let's let's do it. You know, you want me to come move in? I'll I'll come move in. So I moved in, and then my best friend came with me, which was great. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, I know. So um, we both ended up staying in Orlando for that time being. So. Uh, can we get into your sexuality at all? Or sure. Is, um, so how, what's your sexuality? I am gay, 100%. <laughs> Don't get elitist, okay? <laughs> we got enough problems. What was it like being, well, you're a person of color and you're gay and you're in the South. You said you were in Texas, yeah? Yeah. Did that, did you, was, do you think that maybe had a little bit to do with some of your desire to get out of there or no? Yeah, of course. I had a terrible time growing up. Yeah. Um, I I grew up in a family that wasn't accepting, you know, with, with the exception of, let me, okay, let me just say my immediate family, as in my mm-hmm. parents. Um, my little sisters, they're, they're good to go. Um, my grandparents were always good to go. It was just my mom and my dad that gave me literally, like, God bless. I don't. I don't like my dad, but God bless my mom's soul. Like she, yeah. I love him to death, but I had a very, very difficult time growing up. And I've noticed this a lot, especially in the black community. Absolutely, yes. I, I used to live in a predominantly black neighborhood in Absolutely. LA. Absolutely, and there was a, a billboard. I will never forget this billboard because I was like, I can't believe this is a billboard, and the billboard was just telling black fathers to accept their gay sons 
and that's when I realized how bad it was in that community. Yeah, it's it is it's horrible, and I think most of it has to do with a lot of like um, black people are predominantly Christian. I think it has a lot to do with Christianity and um, and things like that. And I just feel like that is one of the main reasons why African American families have such a hard time, you know, accepting their gay children because they're raised if you know, you're gay, you're just going straight to hell. And, you know, and, and yeah. that's just, and that's just what it is. So I grew up terrified because I knew, you know, I knew what the deal was. You know, you're talking to somebody who was six years old and tricking little boys in a playing house, you know, so you can, Whoa. you know, so you can see their bits, you know? Wow. But, <laughs> so well, I also like in my experience, obviously not as a black person, cause I've never been one, but like from being a part of that community and, ha- and talking to people, there's also, it's not just religion. It's also, uh, an obsession with masculinity. masculinity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, like a man's a man to me, you know, but you know, uh, in African American household, predominantly, you know, they just don't see that. You know, they want their son to grow up and be some kind of fucking like Zulu warrior or some <laughs> shit like that, you know. And that's just not always, you know, how it ends up. And um, you know, I just I grew up never being able to like be myself ever, mm. you know. And that, you know, in that, you know, my parents don't. Need, I haven't talked to my dad in years, but. You know, my mom, like, I spent so much time hiding from her. She doesn't, she couldn't tell you what my favorite color was, what I like to eat or whatever, because I just always felt like I had to, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hold everything in. I didn't want her to know me, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, that just, that just had a major, that just had a major effect. Like, it's not who you are, but it's a major aspect of your life. It does. And I mean, it, it's given me a lot of baggage too, you know, and I think that's, you know, to get deeper into it, that's made me such a like needy, like friend, boyfriend, like, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, because I just, I I felt like in the family unit, you know, besides, you know, my sister and my grandparents, you know, my immediate parents, I, I just never got that, like all that love, you know, I wanted. So whenever I feel like I love somebody, you know, I need them like, yeah. I need them like twenty four seven. You know, you're seeking so. you're seeking what you didn't have in your household. Yes, yeah. So that yeah. contributes to the baggage, and I feel bad because my best friend, bless his heart, like I just like think he's my property like all the time, you mm-hmm. know. And I feel so bad sometimes. Like all his little girlfriends, I chase them off. You know, like I'm just really I'm a beast. Why are you doing that? I know. Like you're know. aware of it. I know. So I just want to be left. But you can be loved without trying to train wreck other people. I know. I know. I'm like that with all I'm like that with all my guy friends. I just I don't want to meet any girlfriends, like nothing like that. I just want them all to mm. myself. Which is weird because I my gay friends I can count like on less than one hand. You know, but like just all my all my guy friends, like I just want all the all the lovings. Yeah. All the time. You know, and that's and that's just a reason why, you know, I just never Like, I don't, I feel like I don't feel, like, fulfilled Mm -hmm. enough. But have you tried to, like, have you gone to therapy? Have you tried to address these things? Because it doesn't have, like, you're aware. It doesn't have to be your reality. So you could work through these things. Well, therapy's expensive. I just do vodka. (sighs) (laughs) 
Moving on. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Therapy's expensive. I just do vodka. I'm sure that's going to be on a shirt somewhere sometime. Yeah, it works. Um, okay. Temporarily. Let's get back on track. So you move to Orlando. Yes. And you get... You get in, I'm assuming like you get involved with the gay community there. Or are you still kind of like... Because you, you just said you only have like less than five gay friends. So Yeah, I just... I mean, I, I wouldn't find myself getting involved. Like, most of the times I go out, I would go by myself. Um, I would I would drag Scott with me sometimes. Um, but I would feel bad dragging him over there because I knew, like, you know, sometimes it's a little too Aggressive. Intense. Like, I took him to Parliament House in Orlando. I don't know if you've ever been there. No. Um, but I felt particularly bad that night because I took him. It was like a Friday night. And, you know, I, I really talked him up into going. And then we walk in there and there's just fucking dicks helicoptering like everywhere it's when we a, walk it can in be, there. it can be an intense experience yeah so yeah, but even but regardless of sexuality just dicks flying around all the place that's, yeah that's i know and yeah and i know and i felt really really bad until this day like i don't i don't drag him like anywhere he does it for me you know which is which is fantastic and which makes him such an amazing person but um you know i i usually i just go out by my i, I just go out by myself like if if i have to yeah i my first uh, my first gay bar experience um it was not a good starter bar for someone who had never been to a gay bar before you got them hands didn't you well that happens that happens regardless of what gay bar i go to like something about me i, I, I I'm curious to your perspective. You should take on me this. with you next time you go. Yeah, I'll break their face. No, no, I don't want anyone to break. I just want them to keep their hands to themselves, and I'll tell them myself. But I that's can't. how you teach them to keep their hands to yourself. No, right? no, honey, no, that's, that's not. That's, no, that's oh. wrong. Assault is wrong. Damn it! <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is like, I went to this bar and I walk in, and the first thing I see is like two completely naked men in tubes full of foam. <laughs> And I'm just like, that That was what greeted me at the entrance. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay. Like, this uh, is, but then I realized that, like, not all gay bars are quite as aggressive. Yes. Yeah. And, like, I don't have a problem with gay guys hitting on me. If I go, especially if I'm at a gay bar, I'm on their turf. Of course, they're going to, like, take a pass. What I do have a problem with is when I say no and they keep going because that's assault regardless of sexuality. Yes. Yeah. What do you do? What do I do? I walk away. But you don't hitting, cuss him out. Mm, the only time I've actually hit someone, he actually grabbed my my dick. Oh, that's no and good. it was just a reaction. Something is holding on to my penis right now, and I want that something, regardless of who it is, to stop. Oh, so I just had an immediate like reaction to hit. Okay, and uh, but I Unders- don't understand. I that's... don't really agree with hitting. I think hitting is stupid. Anyway. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll have another talk another time um so had you so starting to tie into pulse had you been yeah. to a pulse nightclub before i have um i would usually go like on saturday nights like i didn't go there a lot mainly because it was so small you know like a lot it of was time ti- that's a it's not a big place i don't think people recognize yeah that. no it's not a big place at all and like low-key like i really hate people like mm-hmm. you know like it literally fucks my night like yeah. if i keep on getting shoulder checked mm-hmm. um and i just I, I just don't i just don't like it like 
at all being in packed places Mm -hmm. like that. Now, um, that night particularly, it was not a busy night. Um, And then on top of that, I started going out onto the patio because the patio doesn't have as many people in there. It's like it's less chaotic out on the patio. Yes. And, you know, it's weird because I go out, you know, but at the same time, I like the space. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's like an outdoor area or something like that that I can go to, then I'll usually just do that and just chill out there by myself, have a few drinks, you know, flip through my phone, you know, and that's a great night for me. So is it like was it a was it a really popular place to, for people to go? Because I've been to the only gay bar that I remember going to in Orlando is still it's still there called Ember. I used to go to Ember. Do you remember Ember? I've never heard of that. It's right by the f- I don't know. There's a parking lot and a freeway. <laughs> Most gay bars. Uh, yeah, I've. It's I, in the it's in the downtown area, but Ember's fun. But um, there's a lot of the people who worked at Pulse that now work at Ember that are still they're still doing it. But yeah, Ember's p- packed all the time. Did you was but was Pulse popular? Was, I feel like it was. Yeah, yeah, like every time I've went, you know, there's. There's always been a lot of people there. Um, you know, like I said, that particular night, it wasn't as packed. It was a, it was a specific night. It was Latino night. It, it was night. a Latin night. Yeah, and that was that was the thing that upset me. And I actually talked to you about it because when I talked to you on the phone after the shooting happened, I couldn't get a hold of my friend Manny, who is from Orlando, Latino, frequented Pulse, Pulse nightclub, yeah. and I couldn't get him on the phone for three days. Ooh, but I also good. like I talked to him about it later. He's like, dude, like I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, so were you frequenting Latin night? You, you into the Latin no, flavor? Not at all, <laughs> not at all. Um, actually, that night, if you just want to get into the story, let's just do let's do the damn thing. Um, so at that time, I was bartending at the Marriott, and mm. I closed my bar down like at about midnight, and um. The house that I was staying at, the air conditioner went out. So I got a hotel room for that night until somebody could come out and fix it. So I closed the bar down. I'm just like, well, I'm not going to, you know, go back to, you know, my little Motel 6, you know, by myself or whatever. So I'll go have a drink. Um, That night, it just happened to be Pulse where I was going to go get my drink at. Mm -hmm. Um, So I closed everything down. Um, I got to Pulse maybe... Maybe like one fifteen, one thirty ish. Got in there, got my drinks from the inside bar, went right out to the patio. Um, I didn't know there was like a bar area on the patio, but um, mm-hmm. so I um, went out there. I had my drinks and everything. Um, it got maybe around like a little bit past two, and I was just like, "All right, well, let me go on ahead and you know cash everything out." You know, so I can go on ahead and go back to the hotel room. And mind you, you know, I've already while I was at work, you know, I was taking shots with, you know, guests and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, so by that time, I'm already, you know, uh, I'm already blitzed, you know, and I'm I'm ready to go. Generally, when you're going out at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, you got to catch up. You got to make up for lost time. You don't have to, but you choose. But yeah, I I choose to make up for lost time. There you go. (laughs) Um. So I had my little, you know, finished my little cranberry vodka. Um, and then you can hear over the music, you can hear what sounded like gunshots, but 
I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that thought it was just something going on inside mm-hmm. the bar. So the people in the patio area initially, I felt like didn't pay too much attention to it. And then I noticed that the music got quiet on the patio and you can blatantly hear. Like I said, I've I've been in the Marine Corps. I know what when you fire off weapons like I know what it sounds and, like and he was shooting an ar right was yes yeah I, so, I believe it was an ar so that's like an extra that's like an extra level of loud because i've shot those guns and yes the difference between like a nine millimeter and an ar-15 is pretty sizable yes and me along with other people on there who've literally been drinking all night you know it's not it's an impaired mm-hmm. like an impaired sense you know, but then I hear somebody, I don't know if it was a DJ or, you know, whatever the case may be. I heard somebody yell, somebody shooting, somebody shooting. Mm. So then from there, I myself, I kind of froze up yeah, a little bit. And you can just see it literally looked like a whole entire stampede coming out of the side door. Like your bars right here and then you have that side door that you know when you come from the club into the patio and there's just people literally falling out of the door and i have no idea if it's just people tripping over each other or if people are actually getting shot down so at this point you you already could identify that a shooting was happening absolutely and that's yeah. why they were running no absolutely after that volume went down and yeah. you can blatantly hear that somebody was shooting in there like I knew I like right there right. I just it was time to get out yeah and it's just one of those things where you know people are like oh was, you know somebody starts shooting I'm just, I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna run people and, always think they know what they're gonna do until it actually happens yeah and I and I froze up and the crazy thing is like I was just on the phone with my best friend maybe like 30 seconds before the shots went off because he actually moved out of Orlando that night he had to go back to Texas wow. so I was making sure that he was okay on the road um so like I get up and there's already people flooding into the patio and I just I don't know if I just lose my balance or whatever but I just fall and I can just feel like footsteps and stuff just all over my back like the back of my head you hit the ground and people were just yeah I I I was trying to get out of my seat and I I just like I didn't know I didn't know what was <laughs> like I just fell you know I mean this happens in like a very short period of time like how you yeah can... no it felt the whole thing felt like 20 minutes you know and it wasn't even that it was maybe maybe less than five yeah you know um and this whole time the the gunshot because he he managed to kill he killed 49 people and 49 people civil, and he injured 53 so there had to have been just like a constant no he was he was setting it off fire. yeah he was definitely setting it off and the scary thing was from where i was at you know you just couldn't tell you know where he was at you know so um i got up you know it it took a while and that's me you know like getting you to fight up, your and, way up yeah and in the back patio, like they have like the fence there. I don't know if have you ever been to Boston? I have, yeah. Yeah, so on the back patio, you know how they have like the black fence, yes. you know, back there. And you have all these people trying to climb over the fence. And 
I'm up maybe like about like five or six rows like behind everybody and I just felt like there was people like climbing on top of like patio furniture and they're just trying to get out. Yeah, they're just trying to get out. And I know there was easier ways for me to get out around everybody, but my brain just wasn't wasn't calculating that. Like I just, just went to survival mode. Direct. Yeah. You wanted yeah. the most direct. I way just out. wanted to get mm-hmm. I just wanted to get out of there. And um, you know, there's still shots going off and people are trying to get out of there and I can still feel people like on my shoulders and stuff and um just weirdly I had a few seconds where I just, as weird as it sounds, like I just became like at peace. You know, I was just mm. like, okay, okay. And I was like, maybe, you know, this is this is probably it. You know, and like my whole body just like went calm. You know, and I just kind of, uh, as sad as it sounds, like I just kind of accepted that maybe that was mm-hmm. that was gonna be you it. Were going into shock. Yeah, I think that's probably what it was. You know, and I, I was just like, okay, all right, God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. You know, that's it. And then uh, just, and it was like one of those war movies. You know, when all the bombs are going off, and then like you know your hearing is muffled, and like everything just goes kind of still. And um, I just got a second wind and I got my ass Mm -hmm. up over that fence and I took off to my car, you know, and I just I just drove the fuck off, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I got in my car, you know, I just felt I I was still, you know, panicked. I felt like he was maybe going to shoot through my window or, you know, because I was like parked, right? There's like a curb right there mm-hmm. by the fence. And I was parked on that curb and I just felt like, is he going to shoot through my window? You know, like, am I going to like crash my car? It was just, it was just like a whole big entire, you know, mess. And I remember pulling back to the hotel and, um, I got up, I was in my work shirt. My work shirt is, a, it's a black shirt, you know? So of course you don't, you don't see, you know, it's hard to see, you know, anything that's on your shirt. And I got up from my seat and I turned around, looked at my seat and I had blood on the back of my -hmm. car seat. And, um, like, I was just like, did somebody behind me like lose their life? You know, did I take somebody's opportunity to, you know, get out of there? And it was just, I don't know. It was just really, really bad. And, um, was it your blood or was it someone else's? No, it wasn't mine. It was, it was somebody else's. Um, like, thank God, you know, I got out, you know, without, you know, a couple scratches, you know, but like, I, you know, luckily never got shot. I luckily never had to look the shooter, you know, in the face, you know, and, and take, you know, risk of being shot or anything like that. But, you know, I, I've just had survivor's remorse really bad about Mm -hmm. that, you know, because that kind of you know, imprinted in my head that, you know, somebody may have not, you know, gotten out of, you know, may have not gotten over that fence or gotten out, you know, because of me. I mean, you like, like it wasn't your blood, which means you were close enough to the action where someone who did get hurt. Yeah. I I mean, I had to be, you know, like in it's, I don't know if, if they were behind me and got shot, maybe, you know, if they did, I would have got shot too. So maybe they got shot beforehand, you know, like, yeah, you know, you just don't know. And um, I remember, I remember driving home, and I called. My, my first instinct was to call my mom. You know, I was I was hysterical, you know. And I called my mom, you know, and I was trying to tell her what happened. And um, 
you know, I, I told her everything and, and and apparently, you know, it was, she saw, you know, she was seeing, you know, what was happening, you know, on TV or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but she acted like she knew, you know, what was going on. And, you know, I was like, mom, you know, I, something just happened. You know, I was inside, I was inside the club. She didn't know what club I was inside the club, you know, and, you know, there was a shooter, you know, and people got shot and da, 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 da. And her first response was, that's what happened when you live that lifestyle. Unfucking believable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, so that's your concern. Yeah. So that really that makes me really fucking angry. That I really can't even imagine how up. that was for you. It was bad, you know, like I at and that literally put me in my bed like for days, you know, like I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, like, okay, you know, I could have I could have almost died. Like I could have almost got shot up, you know, but why would you, why not ask me if I'm okay? You know, like you is, you don't care if I'm okay. You know, your response is, you know, that's what happens, you know, when you live that lifestyle, you know, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? And, you know, I, and people's, some people's answer to that, you know, sometimes is, you know, oh, well, she's just set in her ways and, I'm just like, no, I've literally been dealing with this like ever since I was a little boy, you know, and to know that, you know, I could have lost my life, you know, that night she could have been without a son. Her main concern is, you know, that's what happens, you know, when you live that lifestyle, you know, so like I I love my mom, you know, out of obligation. I don't. I, OK, I'm not going to say that I love my mom, but I have till this day, like I've never I've never forgiven that. I, I never have because like if you had if you had been one of heaven forbid the people who died in Pulse nightclub would she be saying the same thing I would I would hope not I would I would hope not either you know I, I would hope maybe that would be something that would you know, unselfishly that would change her mind towards you know people that are gay and LGBT that you know she actually lost a son you know but I can't you know I can't guarantee that, you know, and it's just, um, I mean, it's a sad thing. And, you know, at the time I haven't talked to my dad in years, you know, so I couldn't, you know, reach out to my dad. And that was literally the first person in my lifeline, you know, that I was trying to reach out to, you know, at that one time. And that's what I got, you know, mm-hmm. so that definitely did not help like with the depression and, you know, the feelings that, you know, I felt after that, you know, and, it was just a it was just a really sad thing, you know, and I feel like I'm really fortunate um, and I feel like I'm really blessed. And and I never I don't talk about it as much because I feel like my story is so minuscule to mm-hmm. so many other people that were actually, you know, inside there. And that can actually like change the world and make the world see something versus somebody, you know, who was just, you know, on the patio, you know, so. But hold on. But you realize that literally the only difference between what you went through and what those people went through who did pass away was location. That was it. You just happened to be further outside of it. You didn't choose to be further outside of it because you didn't know it was about to happen. It's like I, I hear this a lot from people who have like my friend Grace. She uh had bladder cancer and she would tell me that she would feel guilty because she would go to do chemotherapy and she was only in there for 15 minutes and she wasn't terminal and she wasn't losing her hair and she was around people 
who were exp- were terminal were going to die from it that were that were in there just like riddled with chemotherapy and i i understand other people have it worse or ha- yeah. have had it worse but that doesn't mean that your situation is any less valid or deserving of being heard i mean you're talking about there's other people who could change the world like you're doing it right now like you're doing it right now by telling your truth. Like one of the most courageous things that you can do as a human being is tell your truth because it's fucking scary. It's scary to tell your truth because people can judge yep. you for it. So like don't discount what you're saying right now because there's people watching right now and there's people who are going to be listening later that this is going to make major impact on. And regardless of whether you lived and died is irrelevant, telling your truth is the most important thing. So, yeah, so I agree. Don't discount yourself. I agree. It's just, you know, you really do just get that thing, you know, you you just really do feel guilty, you know, and then you have people like on the news and and no offense, you know, to anybody, you know, who's, you know, went to news outlets and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff and told their story. But like, I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel like I would, I would be respectful if somebody asked me something and, you know, I'm here Mm -hmm. just just chirping you're you know? trying to be sensitive to other people's experience right and even yeah, with this like one of your concerns and i'll just put this out there right now i asked you to be on here you didn't ask me to come here and one of your concerns you said was that you didn't want to seem like you were the authority on anything and i, I and that's something that people who go through these experiences that, that they feel that they don't want to feel like they're taking away from anybody else they they also don't want to be judged for speaking their truth but you're not speaking someone else's truth you're speaking yours yeah and you're the only one who can tell it so just to be clear i invited you here you're not here (laughs) for fame or fortune or attention you're here because you think it's an important story to tell yeah i mean and i mean it is you know and and you learn like a lot of things like after that night like just just getting through things like I literally had to take a look at a lot of things, you know, that I was doing, you know, and, and just, um, I had to learn to like, you know, love everybody like a little bit harder, you know what I mean? And, Mm. um, you don't know how much time you have. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You know, and that's why, you know, I hold people, you know, so close to me, you know, and also, not to mention, you know, there was people that I did reach out to after, you know, it happened that wouldn't answer phones, that wouldn't return text messages. And you see, you know, who's real and, you know, and who's not. Were these people you know, that were there or just friends that you were just trying to reach out just to? Just friends that I was trying. I needed, like, I needed everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I just needed people to love on me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was people that just... After it happened, you know, I'm just like, hey, I, I need you. You know, can I talk to you? You know, do you have do you have five minutes? You know, and nobody, not nobody, because there are there are many people that had time, but there were people that I thought, you know, were good, close friends, family, you know, whatever, and they didn't have five minutes for me. Yeah, I, you know, and this is over a course of of months of me trying to reach out, and that's how you see. Like, I, I, people say this a lot about romantic relationships, but I think it's any relationship that you have. It's so easy for us to be homies when things are great. Yeah, absolutely. You truly see who your friends are when when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, no, I get it. And not everyone yeah. can handle not everyone can handle the situation. I mean. I have several friends in Orlando. I go to Orlando all the time. I have several friends in Orlando who weren't there, 
but the entire, especially LGBT community in Orlando, is you still feel the trauma to today. Absolutely. Like, I understand that like some people maybe aren't able to process it and it's not 100% their fault, you know, but it's also like you do you you need you need help. Yeah. You need help to process these feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And did you seek that after after the shooting happened? Like did you seek therapy? Did you were there counselors available? Like what was there anything provided by like the city of Orlando to help survivors i'm pretty sure there was i just didn't i just didn't reach out for it Mm. Um, i'm pretty sure that those that they had those avenues available to a lot of people you know but i just chose the route of you know keeping my friendship circle close to me you know and and just doing that you know for my therapy why i didn't take that help i don't know um i didn't even stick around like after if you look on the news you see people like hugging each other you know and Mm -hmm. you know uh, around the crime tape and stuff like that i was gone you know i was there by myself you know and i was ready to go the fuck home you know so like i just i didn't have a friend there you know to to stick by and hold on to or anything like that it was just me Mm -hmm. you know and um i feel like a lot of people you know, who did take advantage of those opportunities or maybe the people, you know, who did stick around and, you know, and got information from people or, you know, I don't know. Um, But I just, and I'm sure Orlando had to have provided, they had to have provided, you know, help and, you know, resources to those people. Unfortunately, I just didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. And I, I wish I, I wish I would have, you know, but, you know, like I said, I was so, uh, I was so like drowned in like survivor's remorse and you know, and I was so drowned in like feeling guilty and, and, and stuff like that and, and feeling sad and feeling depressed. Like I just really didn't care about, you know, anything else. I, I, I moved from Orlando, you know, not how, too long after how that. soon after did you move? Maybe like about two or three weeks. Like I just couldn't Wow. Uh, and did you move because of that? Yeah. Like I I literally I just couldn't take it. What anymore. aspect could you not take? It's just the whole energy, like like of everything. Yeah, what was it like in the city of Orlando after the shooting? It was, I want to say, even though it was sad, there was a lot of people like coming together. It's kind of like know? it's kind of like nine eleven. Like the city of New York became the friendliest place ever. Yes, and everyone supported everyone because they were no longer individuals; they were a family. A yeah, family. And I feel like Orlando went through something very similar yeah um it, it was a lot of people like coming together and in, in, in a strange way i think that's what made me more sad um wait wait why would that make you more sad that people were coming together because i just felt like everybody coming together like it was out of sadness like not out of mm-hmm. something joyous but you needed that support i did you know so, but it just I, I just felt like my support like i needed to be you know, with my friends, you know, I wanted to be with my grandparents, you know, like just all those people that I love so much. Like I, I had friends that I loved in Orlando and that's not to discount them, but my close friends that I've had for like 10 years plus, like everything, like my, like my whole entire safety net was back in Texas, you know, and I wanted that safety net to catch me, you know? So I just said, I just need to be you know, with people that can just fill me like with all that love that I feel like I'm not 
getting like I was getting love, but I just my tank was still halfway mm-hmm. to E, you know, and I just felt like I just I just couldn't be. You get to a point where like it, you just like I don't know about you. I'm the type of person that for the most part, like you put me in any situation and I can handle what's going on. And then, you know, I haven't had something like pulse happen, but I, I did, you know, I don't know if you know much about what happened with my dog Wrigley. I do. You know, she got hit by a car in front of me and died. Yeah. And it was the first time in my life that I couldn't handle what was going on. And it's almost like, I don't know if it was the same for you when you go through something that's like really traumatic. Yeah, the world stops. Death, the world stops and also people want to help you, but there's really nothing anybody can say yeah. to fix it. Yeah, no. At all. Absolutely. And they try. And I felt so bad for people. And I don't know if this was your experience. Did you have people trying to help and it was just like you couldn't even hear them? Or like they there was nothing they were going to be able to say that was going to help with the hurt that you had? Well, starting out, you know, but, you know, as the days, you know, got along, you know, you want somebody to, you know, love on you a little bit, you know, Um, but, you know, in those first like initial days, like you just, you just want to be alone. Mm -hmm. Like you don't, you don't want to be bothered. Um, So it was just one of those things. It was just like a gradual, you know, getting better, you know, and it graduated me from not wanting to be bothered to... I need to go back home, you know, mm-hmm. for a little while, you know, and just and just refill myself. Yeah. You know. And so. we and you and I talked, it must have been within a day because I was in Chicago at the time and um when I heard cuz the other shooting with Christina Grimmie happened right. mm-hmm. in Orlando that same weekend it was or that same week it was really bad and I was friends with Christina mm-hmm. she was a fellow YouTuber mm-hmm. right. and um so it was just like hit after hit and then when Pulse happened um when people talk about privilege I saw an opportunity for me to provide the emotional support for for people I was like I'm gonna sit in the middle of Boys Town in Chicago and if anyone needs to talk I'm there. And some people knew who I was and talked to me. Some people had no idea who I was mm-hmm. and talked to me. And I did that vigil. And that's when I got in contact with you. And we talked on the phone. And you actually seemed like you were doing okay. And this was within a couple of days because mm-hmm. we were just starting to learn the names of the people who had died. Yeah. Because um, I remember the chief of police was of Chicago was there. And there was um, someone who was like a semi-celebrity who was related to someone who was in pulse and they found out while they were talking that their loved one had died in Mm -hmm. the shooting um so that whole vigil went on it was really weird because it went from like everyone sobbing to everyone there was like a local bar in boys town that everyone went to and they put like some musical on the uh, on the big screen there at the head and everyone Mm -hmm. was singing and hugging and laughing and drinking and crying it was like a whole mess of emotions and then I left that bar and I talked to you. Do you remember having that conversation with me? Yeah, I do. I was standing on my friend's patio. Um and I remember having the conversation. Um I just my thing is I don't like being emotionally vulnerable. Mm. 
to a lot of people, you know, so a lot of times I will put on my, yeah, I'll put on my face, you know, and I, cause I want it to be comforting to the person I'm talking to too, because I, I get awkward when people come to me and cry. Like it, it makes me feel very, very, mm-hmm. very awkward, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't want to place that on somebody else, you mm-hmm. know, so there's very, very few people, you know, who can get me like, get me going, you yeah. know, um, but I just, you know, I just want people to be okay too, you know. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really try to, you know, I don't really try to, you know, stir people's emotions that much. So what made you, you know? t- what made you talk to me then? Because at that time, you know, like I said, I was looking for, mm. you know, like support, mm-hmm. you know, and so anybody. I can get it from, you know, I, I went for it, you know, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I just don't want to make people feel like, you know, my problems are, you know, their problems. And that's, and I mean, that's just, you know, deep rooted kid stuff, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, I still have to deal with or yeah. whatever, you know, but, um, I did, I did want to tell somebody, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. I, mean, I was grateful what, for that. I was like, wow, this guy just went through that and he's on the phone with me. Um, and then it's crazy that like, you know, three years later you're in my city and now you're telling the story, Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like so much time has passed since it happened, but it has to still feel really recent, especially when the anniversaries, uh, yeah, around. that was tough. You should have seen my text messages. Yeah. You know, like I, I literally sent out, sent out like a mass text to a lot of people, you know, um, just letting them know, you know, that I love them or, you know, anything. I didn't do any like social media stuff or anything like that. You know, I just wanted to privately, you know, let, you know, everybody know, you know, that, you know, that I love them, you know, um, because that honestly could have been like, that could have been, that could have been it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I'm not really good at, you know, you know, I love you. I love you. I love, love, you know, but (laughs) you know, there's times, you know, where, you know, I feel like it has to be said and it's just one of those times when you're reminded that, you know, that could have been your last day, you know, you just want to reach out. Yeah. You know, you just want to reach out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like you experienced emotional growth because of your experience? With oh that? yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, you know, you learn to like love people like a little bit harder and, you know, and most of all, like be kind, you know, like this, that particular situation brought the gay community together, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I, I personally, and this is going to be a very unpopular, you know, opinion, but I just feel like at times the gay community can be just the most judgmental and, and mean community, you know, and, you know, we're used to people acting that way towards us, but we can't, you know, we can't be kind to each other you know mm-hmm. and and love each other i've noticed you know? a lot of elitism within lgbt like yeah. you have like with gay guys it's like with gay men it's like oh i'm a golden gay or i'm a platinum gay or they judge your body and like i mean we could get into this like i want to do all i want to do i want to sit down with someone who is like frequents the gay dating apps because you especially as a person of color like they don't. say stuff like no fats, no femmes. No, you don't no, know no how blacks. many times yeah. I've been told um, no blacks, um, no niggers, 
um, oh, you're you're very well spoken, you know, for oh, you don't sound like black you, you don't sound like a black person. Yeah. Just, oh my lord. <laughs> I mean, you get it a lot, and it's like, and it's stupid. And I'm not the only race, you know, that deals with that. We're all. And I've seen black guys say like, oh, I don't want pink meat, you know, and stuff like that. You know, like it's like it happens, you know, and that shit is just it's ridiculous. Wait, pink is am I pink meat? Yes. You're okay. Pink meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> pale. I'm actually more like right now and more. Neapol- I'm like one of those Neapolitan ice cream bars, but without the strawberry. I think they're talking more the penile areas. Oh, my penis. I don't have I don't you have that. Okay. I don't use I think that's what, that's what. But. <laughs> Yeah, like it all just it all just needs to stop. And if like we can all just like come together like that, you know, more than we are like mean. You would hope that it would take something other than fifty people dying. Yeah, but it hasn't. No, and and that's that's the thing. And I so one of the things, um, and I was telling you like before. um, Now, if you're a subscriber of mine on Twitch, we do a we do a like a brainstorm session for like questions that we we would like to ask uh, in a voice lobby before before mm-hmm. you come on. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that was in there, I was like, how did you feel after it happened? And he was like, you know, it was awful. But we've become, it happened so much that we've almost become slightly desensitized to it happening. Like we talked about it for like what? For a couple of weeks? Yeah. And then and it's it almost seems like this happens so much that we're just we're already over it. Like immediately. Yeah. Like the people who experienced it, you know, they they sit and suffer and people stop caring because it's not news anymore yeah. and because it happens so often. Like did you feel like people kind of moved on from it? Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like they've moved on from it. Um, I feel like it's definitely everything gets reignited, you know, when the anniversaries and stuff come around like that. Um, I just I know Orlando hasn't, you know, like they're they're constantly like updating and doing things, you know, to the well, it's a memorial now, you know, yeah, but, you know, a pulse, you know, if they forgot about it, they would have just left it, you know, as is. But you know, there's still people that come and show love and you know do stuff like that. So. Um, have I, you have you visited since the shooting? I did. I went back a year after. Yeah. Um, and it literally made me sick. Mm-hmm. So I like when I went, I went also. It was a year after it happened, and I went. Did you see that post on Instagram with my friend Manny? I was holding his hand. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. He hadn't been back since it had happened, and he lost a lot of friends because he's Latino. Yeah. And has lived in Orlando for a long time. And both of us were just sitting there sobbing. Like, I, I'm not even in the Orlando community. And it's just because I think too much we focus on our category. Like, to me, like, yeah, I don't, I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care where you're from. Like, I connect to your humanity. Are you a right. good person? And I think so often we're so focused on our category instead of who we are at our core. Right. And uh, so... I, I I just wish that more pe- and this is why I talk about LGBT issues is because I think too often people want to focus on well that's not like that's not my community fuck yeah it is like this is these are fellow humans that and the thing is is like mothers got killed in that straight people got killed in that don't think it was just gay Absolutely. people yeah. you know so I, I just like I hope we get I hope as a society we get to a point where we don't care about those things and we just focus on who you are as a person 
if prayerfully eventually you know it's we'll, idealistic we'll i understand yeah. but i gotta try yeah no I no gotta try. absolutely yeah it's but just for now you know like like i said you know that it took that you know to made to make me you know realize those things so i mean uh, hopefully it doesn't take something drastic for somebody else mm-hmm. to realize it you know but this whole thing with you know seeing like color and size and you know, all that other stuff. It's just like, it's just for what? Yeah. It's, it's just another way to make someone feel less. But a lot of times when people are trying to make someone else feel less, it's because they feel less and they want to drag that person down with them. I'm a very big fan of rising tide raises all ships, but we're also insecure about being left behind. Yeah, absolutely. I so, agree. So what have you changed? Like, how do you, how you live your life now more in the moment uh have you do you still struggle with a lot of the feelings surround or do you pretty much not think about it very much um i try not to revisit it a lot unfortunately there's some things i do have some ticks um like packed tight bars i mm-hmm. i can't do it mm-hmm. um if I'm going to go out a lot of times, you know, like I'll go, you know, do something like during the day. Um, I do have my times where I want to go out, you know, like I'll get extra. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but once it starts getting a little bit too packed tight in there, I start looking for exits, you know, like my heart starts beating a little faster, you know, and mm-hmm. I just, it just doesn't end up being, you know, the best you the can't, best you, night. you can't have you can't have fun with yeah it. and i'm pretty much ready to to go home yeah after that you know and i'm getting better you know like um but just like um i haven't been to a concert yet mm. i think after that um you know and just like i said like really packed tight bars like i have to you know i have to go outside even when i go outside on a patio that makes it worse you know yeah so, I, I bet um <laughs> so yeah I feel you. Like I ha- I worked in nightclubs in LA for a long time mm-hmm. and I used to be someone who who like actually enjoyed crowds like that. And then after years of getting into constant fist fights, having knives and guns pointed at me when it so now I feel the same thing. It's PTSD. I feel the same thing cuz I I have been I have been stabbed. I have had guns pointed at me. I have been in somewhere where shots fired and it always happened when it was so packed you could barely move. Yeah. And so now like and pe- do you find people are understanding of the fact that you're like cuz I don't know about you but I either don't go or when I go I piece the fuck out. Like I can't I can't. I literally can't and people think I'm being boring but it's like you don't know you don't know my experience or why I'm doing this. I'm not trying to be not fun. Yeah. Um, for people that don't know, you know, that I was there that night, mm-hmm. no. You know, it was just kind of a thing, you know, where, okay, well, let's go to the next place. Um, people that do know, like, they can kind of pick up, like, on my body language or the way I'm acting. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, that's, you know. Yeah. Let's get out of That's here. That's good to have understanding people like that. Yeah, you know, but like I said, you know, it's not if you didn't know me past 
if you didn't know me during that time and you know me past that time, chances are I just probably didn't, you know, bring it up to you or I, I just probably mm-hmm. I just probably didn't tell you, you know, and it, it's just because I don't feel I don't feel like I don't want to say I feel like I don't feel like everybody needs to know, but that's just not something that first of all, it would be something very awkward to share, you know, and yeah. then you know, too, like it's just one of those things where, you know, you just it's just like I, I'm just, you know, why? Yeah. You know, why do you need to know? You want to move on with your yeah, life. Exactly. You know, so there's a lot of people that just that just don't know, you know. So I just if I need to go, I just go. Yeah. So for do you have any sort of advice for people who have gone through maybe something similar or you know how to how you've coped with things like say they're going through a traumatic experience mm-hmm. is there any wisdom that you could impart on these people the way that you've dealt with things that can maybe help them yeah just if there's resources for you to like talk to somebody or you know get some help just do it like as cliche as it sounds you know, the avenue I took to deal with it wasn't exactly the best avenue, you know, because a lot of the things that I feel right now or the lot of things that I go through right now, when I think about it, it could have been it could have been prevented, mm-hmm. you know, had I, you know, just been like, hey, you know, are there some counseling service or, you know, some kind of psychological services, you know, that you can still do can that, by the way. In. Yeah, but like I'm at, this doesn't go away, man. Like it's still there. No, I get it. I just don't feel like you know I'm at the point now to where you know it's it's needed, needed. You know, like I'm doing great. You know, I smile every morning, just about when I'm not hungover, and <laughs> I you know, and I go on, you know, I go on with my life, and I and I do my thing. You know, I'm not affected on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's still, you know, a part of me, it still happened, you know, but I don't let it control my life or the things that I'm doing, you know. So I just personally don't feel that that's the avenue that I need to take, you know, mm-hmm. at this point in time. Yeah. You know, but to some people where, you know, it's still kind of fresh or whatever and you haven't healed yet, you know, just like just do it like find there's help out there. Yeah, just just do it, you know, and it it may be like embarrassing, you know, to have to do to some people, you know, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, um it'll prevent some some mm-hmm. issues. <laughs> um so if people are interested in reaching out to you after listening to this, are you comfortable with that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you How, know, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um they can message me on my Instagram. My Instagram tag is there. Um, what is it? Just it's at what's up Shay. What's up Shay? Can you spell it for me? W H A S S U P S H A E. Extra. So so extra. So extra. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to reach out to him, that's the place to do it. Um, I'm gonna turn this over to the Twitch chat. So if you ever want to talk to any of my guests live, make sure you subscribe or follow on Twitch or any of my social media, which is Sub Daily, and you'll be able to ask questions. Um, but for now, thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. We went a lot of different places as we tend to do. 
And I'm very grateful that he sat down with me and now he's actually one of my real life friends, which is always a good thing. So again, if you want to tune into this live, go to twitch.tv slash subdaily. If you'd like to sponsor the show and get shouted out in an episode, patreon.com slash unfiltered friends. And don't forget to give a rating on Apple Podcasts. And we're also live on Spotify and Google Play. Check out my social media, Sup Daily, on Instagram, Twitter. And I will see you guys all on the next episode of Unfiltered Friends.